Hey everyone, I'm Ben Belak, Beverly Hills Super Realtor, of course, also from Buying Beverly Hills on Netflix, joined here with my friend, favorite troll, uh, one of the worst golfers at Mountain Gate Country Club, and co-host Zach Goldsmith. Today we have a very, very special guest who has an incredible story. We are so excited to share it with you. We've been really excited to have uh, Mark on today. Um, but I know that the two of you have a great relationship in history um, that starts actually back with Zach's mom. And that sounded terrible. I apologize. <laughs> Zach, why don't you introduce <laughs> our guest? Yeah, yeah. This said by the guy who got his jacket from the substitute teacher store. <laughs> okay, you look like a Jewish karate teacher right now. <laughs> what a... What a... Matzah ball. Ooh. By the way, you look like a band leader from the 20s, guys. <laughs> where's, where's, where's Tommy Dorsey? <laughs> they don't know who that is. As a founding principal of Iconic Homes, you've now joined Carewood Partners. Mark is a native South African, hailing from a world-renowned family of hoteliers, basically, developers, uh, developed the projects from the Atlantis to the one and only, an incredible resort. You are consistently ranked among the top producing agents in the city, constantly on Variety's list. Mm -hmm. This guy has sold so much real estate, <laughs> okay? Probably more real estate than, than anyone you've ever seen. Hundreds of billions of dollars <laughs> in real estate. This man has sold... <laughs> you clearly have done very oh well. Gosh. He doesn't want to talk about that, but you're very successful, and this is why you're here, because... We only have you, successful agents on. Well, I, I think more than that, you're a successful human, and that is the part that excites mm -hmm. me about tonight. He's actively involved in a lot of different charities, uh, nonprofit organizations, and you sit on the board of artists for a new South Africa, right? Correct, so... Because the old words were not working, my brothers. Oh, my How's God. How's that? So, um, not bad. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't be that happy, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. You look like a German designer. Look at you. You're buttoned to the brim. Different <laughs> pair of glasses for every suit. Okay, Mark, I'm going to stop Zach or Thank no one will. Thank you, Mark, enough. welcome to the show. Um, sometimes we give Zach a, a few bumps of Adderall before we start, and this is the side effect of that, but we know that aside from all of your real estate accolades, and I'm excited to hear about the nonprofit stuff, but um, obviously you're not from here. Can you tell us like a little bit about what, like when you came to the U.S., et cetera? And then I want to get to like what, wh how you got into real estate. Ben, by the way, sure. I thought you were from the Jersey Shore before I said South Africa. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming. I don't know accent so well. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to zip Zach, Zach up now. Um, ben, ben and Zach, both of you, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your show. Sure. It's truly a privilege, and um, I consider it an honor. And Thanks. I hold you both in very high regard. Thank you. So thank you for having me. Uh, I am. I moved, I moved uh, from South Africa. Zip it. I moved from South Africa about 32 years ago. Mm. I came to study here at UCLA. I uh, did business science. And... The rest is really history. I spent four years and I hated every second of it. And I moved back to South Africa for about a year. You hated it? Hated it. I you hated L.A.? Hated L.A. 
What about it? Everything. I just was a, you know, I'd come from a very protected environment and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm in this big bad world and... Mm Here's this little guy, you know, in a big fish in a small pond and now small fish in a huge pond. Mm -hmm. And it was an adjustment and it was tough. And I moved back to South Africa once I graduated for probably about nine months, Mm -hmm. came back here on vacation and something just clicked in me. Then been here ever since. And okay, so when you were studying business science, what was your goal? I'm... Embarrassed to admit, I've never heard of that major before. Well, it's it's really I call it BSc, but it's really business. Okay, and so was so what, it was an undergrad. Okay, so what did you see yourself like? Did you have a, a trajectory that you saw in mind after you graduated? You were like, okay, I'm going to school for business. Did you have? Were you like, I'm going into the whatever business? You know, uh, coming from a family of entrepreneurs, um, it was kind of expected. Mm. Um, I had initially intended to go into the family business. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't work out because obviously I was living here. Mm-hmm. So really I was lost at that time and that was just what was expected of me to do. So, so Okay, been, so you're here on vacation. You decide to stay here. And even though, and by the way, a lot of people, my uncle who you don't actually don't know him. A lot of people come here for vacation and never go home. No, what I was going to say is my uncle was a, a, um, or he is a movie producer. And he said that when people move to LA after the first like year or so, they experienced something that he called the crush, which was like where their dreams are. Not that you had these dreams that necessarily were crushed, but like that their um, impression of what LA is going to be because it's so sprawling and like we're always in the car. It can be very, very lonely very because you're, you're in the car so often you're not like talking to people even in the subway so then how do you end up in residential real estate or was there something before that um so i dabbled in a few different things over the years i've worked in sports and entertainment for a period um worked decided that the only way for me to get into clubs was to work at a modeling agency so <laughs> i did <laughs> i worked for many i worked for many years at a modeling agency <laughs> for free i don't know what i was doing but that was part of part of it and then you know, Ben, my story gets quite jaded from mm. there. Um, well, I was going to say that this is you're not just on because you're a great friend and an even better real estate agent, mm. probably better agent than friend. Uh, you <laughs> as as poised as you are and as well respected yeah. as he is amongst his peers. And look how proper you come together. You, you are kind of like a scene of perfection. And I've known you for 15 plus years and maybe three weeks ago, I learned of a whole nother side that kind of shook me through the magic of social media. Mark, can I share? I want to share this. Mark posted uh, an incredible side-by-side photo of himself today looking incredibly dapper, sharp, same outfit, by the way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then the one before was a picture of you from what, 20 years prior, something like yeah. that, where you looked so drugged out, so strung out, and I didn't even know it was you. And I started reading, and you opened up about the history of yourself. And I thought it was so brave and so important for people. And it was so shocking to me that, lear- that, that I could learn that someone so perfect could be so broken at one point. And this is the magic of, I think, what you've created Mm -hmm. 
And that's what I want to talk about today because I think it's so powerful. Where was that Thank photo you. taken? Do you remember? Uh, in France. It was taken, I yeah. I show it to you. Okay, we'll put it up I'll on the screen. We'll okay. put it up on the screen. Perfect. I saw the photo. It's okay. what? In, correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like there's drugs on your face <laughs> in the no. photo. There is. And then when I looked at the photo again, by the way, when I first saw it, I was like, whoa. So when I first saw it, that's where I looked and I was like, whoa, this is this is wild. Mm -hmm. But then I looked into your eyes and I was like, oh, I was like really moved. Your eyes were very red, obviously, but also it looked like someone that was hungry for something. Fear. Yeah was filled with fear. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look back to those days, just to give you a little brief background yeah, on please. it. Um, I grew up in a family that was a pretty high profile and um, surrounded in a world that I was never good enough, as, as far as I saw it. Mm -hmm. um, I had never uh, had the esteem uh, and whatever I did was not going to be what my dad had did. And so there was a big expectation of me. So I decided, screw it. I'm just going to do what I need to do, which was numb the pain. Mm -hmm. You know, the pain was so deep. And I think that we all live in a world where the facade is one thing, but what smiling and, the, and inside of very different um, scenarios. And I think that um, for me anyway... Um, I will, everybody, you know, the perception was I had a great life, but the reality was a very sad little boy um, that had no coping mechanisms and was somebody that really didn't have a persona because I would be whatever you wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. And what I found, um, you know, going down that path, again, I believe for me, drugs and alcohol um, were the solution. They weren't the problem. I'm the problem. Mm -hmm. And they numbed. A lot of time, and I look at disease, or say, should I say addiction, as yeah. not a disease, but a dis-ease. Mm. And when I say that, I mean an uncomfortableness within oneself, that whatever it is, to numb that pain and to not have to deal with that pain, because as, as an addict, I don't think most of us, I can sit in a room with 100 more alcoholics, and from the wealthiest, wealthiest to the poorest of poor, um, and the, you know, the common theme is low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, for me, the gift of where I'm at today, mm -hmm. more so than anything, is I never, ever thought that it was possible. The darkness was so deep mm. that I had no idea they could. I didn't even see a, a, a shining of any form of light. Mm -hmm. what, were you, what were you on and how long for? So... Probably about a total of 10 years. Wow, um, 10 years, yeah. Which flies, the last yeah. five years were really, really bad. I was on high doses of Adderall, mm -hmm. of cocaine, of Xanax, uh, of anything, anything that would either wake me up or mm -hmm. put me to sleep. Mm -hmm. As long as I didn't have to deal with anything, I was fine. And, mm -hmm. you know, the saddest part for me when I look back is, yes, it was fun in the beginning, and yes, there were great times, and I walked into a room, and I was the king because I was high, and that just solved all my problems, um, and I'd be, you know, the man in the room. Yeah, like you said, who, whatever they needed you to be. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the reality was that I never wanted to do it at the end, but I just did it. So mm -hmm. every day I would swear I'm not doing this today. 
and I would do it. Mm-hmm. And it became, it got to a place where I overdosed and I actually died. They used defibrillators. Mm. Um, Those are the things on TV like, where they're like, clear. Clear. Yeah. I actually, and you're laying there dead. I was, but I don't remember anywhere. I was in South Africa and um, I was with my brother. And if he wasn't with me and uh, my brother-in-law, um, they were giving me mouth to mouth on the way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, um, all I remember is waking up in the morning and the doctor said to me, um, actually before that, I woke up and there was a guy lying next to me who was covered in blood and I thought I'd been in a car accident. Mm. Um, And the doctor said to me, you're an absolute fucking miracle. Excuse my language. Mm. You're a miracle. You should have been dead. There's no way we thought you were going to make it through the night. And I looked at her and I just felt such a sense of sadness. Mm-hmm. And then my parents walked into the room oh. um, and my dad turned around to me and he said to me, I'm giving you one chance. I didn't work my whole life so you can put cocaine up your nose. Mm-hmm. I said, you can, I'm gonna find the best rehab for you, not the most luxurious, but certainly one of the best programs. Mm-hmm. You go there, come out, use your on your own. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and I was like, screw you. I need luxury. I, I, no, I, exactly. It's like, no, you know, what you think. Way to make light of a situation. <laughs> what a guy. You think you're going to tell me what I need to do. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll please you. And, you know, just to, to make a long story short, I remember very clearly walking into rehab and thinking to myself, I'm going to give this six months. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything these people tell me for mm-hmm. six months. Mm-hmm. And in six months' time, if I continue to feel the way that I am now, I'm going to kill myself. Oh. And there was a conscious decision. One day at a time. And yeah. it's not thanks to me. It's thanks to a higher power. It's mm-hmm. thanks to supportive people. It's thanks to I'm very much involved in a program. And it's just thanks to the skills of those that came before me and the, the um, wisdom of those that came before me and the willingness. You know, once for me, what keeps me sober today mm-hmm is every day, no matter how bad it is, it's a good day compared to the way it was. Mm. And I have a laugh today with all of the problems that I think we all have in life, mm-hmm. um, but it's beyond anything I could have ever comprehended. Mm-hmm. The light, I saw the light, and, and anybody that's out there. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Preach on it, brother. They may be struggling mm-hmm. um, in darkness, just have to find that one sparkle of light mm-hmm. and all of the dreams that you wish for, that I wished for, um, came really have come true with all of the, you know, I've gone through a marriage, I've gone through a divorce, mm-hmm. I've gone through so many different things in life. And what I'm proud of today is, first of all, thank you for the warm introduction. I am proud of my career um, and I work because for me, the freedom mm-hmm. of what I do every day is worth every single second Mm -hmm. and the accomplishments be it good or bad because I don't believe in good and bad I believe in growth in life and I believe adversity creates strength Mm -hmm. Um, and um, I'm just really 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 Mm -hmm. grateful Mm -hmm. uh, to be not only alive because I think there's a big difference between being alive and living Mm -hmm. I'm grateful to be alive and living wow Mm -hmm. so what if sorry can I just say thank you for sharing such an obviously emotional Absolutely. history? Um, it's wild to hear what you've come through. One of the most pivotal times in my life was about five years ago. Um, I built this carport. I'd never built anything in my life before, and I was really proud of it. 
And I called my dad. I'm like, Dad, you can't believe I built this carport and I'm really excited. And he's like, that's brilliant. He goes, I hope it doesn't fall down. Right. And he didn't mean it in that way. But at that moment, it all came flushing into me. Is like, are you kidding me? You tell a child that messaging their whole life, what do you think is going to happen? And that was the changing moment because I realized I can do anything I want to do, mm-hmm. actually. And my uh, belief system is not who I am. My head tells me things that are not true. And through many, many years of, and still, believe me, every day is another day. And I, I'll just say, I'm 16 years sober. Mm-hmm. But whoever woke up this morning has got the most time for today. Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's a program of one day at a time. And I'm sorry if I've made this heavy, but I think that if there's anything that I can pass on to anybody is your life, my life, was so bad. And today, I thank God, and I really do thank God, I have a successful business, I have exceptional friends, and more than anything, I have peace, moments Mm -hmm. of peace in my life, and nothing will take that away. So what you think of me, what you think of me, and what I think, what you guys think of me is not my business anymore. Mm -hmm. It's what I look at myself in the mirror every night, Mm -hmm. and that's in a business, in a world where it's very competitive, and it is pretty cutthroat. Real Mm -hmm. estate is a tough business. For me, as long as I do what I feel is right every day, I can look at myself in the mirror, and I will never be the most successful, but I'll be the most successful I can be. Sure. That's the goal. So, wow. so, so Can I just, uh, <laughs> oh my God, brother, I, like, that, is so, that is so powerful. I think like that message that you are living now for you and not for other people is how you have attained this level of success. And I feel like success means survival and not just being alive, but living. Thank Not you. just living, but being alive, mm-hmm. thriving. So, so speaking, that's inspirational. So speaking of real estate, so you've now completed the six months of rehab in this chronology, and you were overseas at the time. Um, nine months. So I was inpatient okay. for nine months and outpatient for three months. Okay. I was at a rehab in in Arizona. Oh, in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. So then you find your back, your way back to Los Angeles. Yes. And then when does real estate start? So it actually started before I OD'd. In 2006, I um, came to a place in my life where I had to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of pressure on me. And, you know, one of, one of the um, people in my life that really made a difference was Nick Siegel. And Nick, um, I went to get an interview at Sotheby's, and Nick knew nothing about my family and uh-huh. my background. And he looked at me and he said to me, there's something about you I really believe in you. And I think you're going to be good at this. And nobody had ever said that to me before. You were with Nick, was it, at Sotheby's at the time? And then Nick had Partners Trust, Correct. right? And then he went to Avenue 8, right? And where you you diverged from that, right? Sure. So what happened was when Partners Trust was sold, I decided I didn't want to be a part of Pacific Union was too big. Mm-hmm of a company for me. So I went to Compass at that time. Compass was still Smaller. a very small boutique, sure. a passionate company. And I was with I was at Compass for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh. And it just grew as well to such a big company mm-hmm. that I decided I wanted something that was a little more boutique. I thrive in an environment where it's warm mm-hmm. uh, and it's nurturing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I decided to move to a smaller brokerage mm-hmm. um, and so far, 
it's been it's been really good. Yeah, at the time of filming this, Carol was still very, very much the new gal on the scene, if you will. But I feel like Drew Fenton pa- paired with Nick Siegel is like uh, has the potential to be an incredible, incredible partnership to scale over time because of the way they they both think mm. and they're kind of the differences in their personalities. Mm. But I can certainly see the warmth that you're talking about, even though I haven't been over to the new office yet. Well, the X factor there, I think you'll attest to this, is Ed Lason, who is the nucleus, the behind the scenes creator yeah. of all that and creates a, a great culture himself. You know, I think he's very, he's one of the best guys you'll know. And I think like teaming up there, the three of them, mm-hmm. and then getting guys like you, you know, we've got to reach levels of success doing things like that. Look, I think that um, what they do and what I do, I think for anybody out there that is in real estate, at the end of the day, you are the people person that mm-hmm. people go to. So now um, where just a couple kind of like lightning round sure. questions for you. Um, do you are you solo agent or do you have team? And if so, how many members? Sure. This so, is for everyone watching. Um, I have a CEO, so to say, who manages all the operations. Mm -hmm. My um, role in the business is I like new shiny things. Mm -hmm. So I'm out there, I'm meeting people, I'm talking to people, and then uh, Sham Nuristani um, is the person who takes over from there. Mm-hmm. Nuristani! Nuristani. And then I have um, two other people on my team okay. that are agents. That are agents. They're yeah. buyer's agents or like you let them list properties. So Harry, um, Harry Whelan's one of them and he's mm-hmm. a, a great agent in his own right. We've mm-hmm. just joined forces. Cool. And um, Eden Bonbright um, joined my team about a year ago and she's just been amazing to watch. You know, Talking about what we do mm-hmm. and how we do it, the gift is watching somebody come I from know. a place of bright eyes and actually flourishing mm-hmm. and w- the willingness for them. And not many people have that willingness. We live in, a, in an environment where it's just like, I'm entitled to it. This is mine. Mm-hmm. So it's been beautiful to watch her flourish and grow mm-hmm. into the lady and the woman that she's become and the phenomenal real estate agent. Yeah, I feel the same about Tyler on my team, watching her grow from no experience as my assistant into an incredible, very talented um, agent. It's it's super fulfilling, and it's easy to get grind, grinded down in our business, mm. particularly since our contract lends itself to most of the time having the same chronology of transaction after you've done a few hundred of them. It's it can be uh, it's not as exciting or as inspiring anymore, particularly for those that have creative backgrounds. So, I totally feel you there on the fulfillment part of it. So, since you're not from here, how would you say what was the biggest thing for building your business? What was the biggest contributor? You know, when I started, I was like, "This is who I am, and everybody's going to work with me." I know so many people. <laughs> oh, okay. The reality was nobody did. Wow. Um, for the first five years, it was sitting at other people's open houses. Mm-hmm. It was putting out signs, and it was humbling myself to a degree that you better be a worker amongst workers, and you better build something. Because mm-hmm. only when I started to build something, the people I know start to work with me. So you crushed open houses. I worked open houses. I did what I needed to do. Didn't um, crush them apparently. I worked them. (laughs) But I think it's really important. Um, The other thing that I'd like to say to your audience um, from a real estate perspective, 
One of the speak best. To, speak to both of them directly in the camera. <laughs> well, one of the most important things that I did as a new agent is continuously go to open houses, brokers opens, and introduce myself mm. and become known to the brokerage community. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, is time and time again, I would have to reintroduce myself. But eventually, I started to people would start to know me and the relationships that I have, and I think we all have in the brokerage community itself is more important than anything. I mm. think that we work in a world um, where uh, we're comrades mm-hmm. and we should work together. You have a goal, I have a goal. But there is the sense of we're against each other and that's not the way it is in the realm that I have been fortunate enough to get to now mm-hmm. where I'm working with real players, mm-hmm. you guys and others where there's an understanding that this is a serious career, it's not a fly by night. You know what's weird is my mentor, and people know who he is, so I don't care anymore. Um, he, I, I feel like the way he nurtured me into the business was very adversarial, and like I, it took me a while to learn that like that just did not serve the common goal. And sometimes I'll catch myself and um, being an I, asshole. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I can't, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. It just, it doesn't serve. Plus, like. It is one of those weird sectors where, like, we have to work with our competition all the time. We have to work with them, not just in the same space where we're fighting for the same customers, but, like, now we have to do a deal with them. Or maybe you're up for a listing and so am I, and then let's say you get it and then I have the buyer and the seller knows I have the buyer. I mean, it's a very tricky and nuanced type of environment. Very. So, um, okay, so. Well, I always say, you know, we are clients come and go. We're in this business together for a long time. Well, you, as soon as you Why cash you? your check and get out, we're going to be in this business well, together for a long time. We've got to work together. You know, if you if you screw someone over, mm-hmm. the next week you're going to need some off-market from this guy. You're going to need access to one of these exclusive properties, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get it. Yeah, but it also, you know, Ben, based on going back to what you were saying, I think that it's also a fact of there's a lid for every pot. Mm-hmm. So somebody who wants to work with me might not want to work with you oh, and vice yes. versa. And I think that for me, we're in a competitive business. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if, if I, and I can't talk about it, am true to myself, the people that I work with, mm-hmm. if they stay and are loyal to me, sure. then they're the right people. If they're not, I believe in what comes. Mm-hmm. is gra- You know, I have a lot of gratitude for. Sure. But it also leaves... I'm grateful for as well sometimes. And I think that in a world of real estate agents, because it is a competitive business Mm -hmm. and because it is so, there's so many nuances, you have a buyer, I have a seller. Mm -hmm. We need to make it work. Mm-hmm. together. That's sure. our job. And information and passing on information mm-hmm. is really all we have to do sure. correctly. Yeah. Report the news. Report the news. So This is how we give our clients what they want. Correct. Based on our relationships. So before correct. we wrap up here, a question for you, unless you have another one, I, I have one. Do you, do you have any sort of morning? I have a good ru- banger at the end. Let's <laughs> see who's his best. Do you have a morning routine? I do. Um, I, my first thing is a shower and then I have a 30 second freezing cold shower. Oh, you do um, that. I do that. Wait, wait, day. hold on. It's normal shower, warm <coughs> one, and then you go. You're like, then, turn then the you turn off. it to ice. I put Painful. my phone on thirty seconds, uh-huh. and then I turn it to freezing cold. And what's your facial expression through the freezing cold? Are you agonizing? Or are you like <laughs> meditating? No, you know, now I've started to enjoy it. I've started to almost. It's the anticipation of it that actually excites me. So it's the one thing I'm being. I'm so afraid of. I won't. I won't do it. Do but it. I gotta do it. Try I gotta it. do it. Okay, fine. Do I'm it. doing it tomorrow. Set your phone. Just do it. 
liquids. I think a cold plunge is easier same thing. than that. It's the same thing. So same I thing. imagine that was not something you were doing <laughs> 20 years ago because biologically it oh, yeah. does something gay. to the body. Yeah. It releases chemicals mm-hmm. that change your mindset entirely, yeah. which is why they push the cold so much, especially in the morning to start your day to jolt you out of something, jumping in the ocean. Yeah. That, I think, for people who are struggling mm-hmm. is kind of an easy fix. Not easy because it's fucking freezing. No, it's freezing. But I noticed that my whole mental approach to life changes mm-hmm. when I do something like that Very in the morning. So. so that could yeah. be... I think discipline as a whole sure. for me. Um, so after at, the 30 seconds. So after the 30 seconds, then I get ready mm-hmm. to go to work. I then go into a room on my own. I meditate mm-hmm. uh, for 20 minutes. Um, I don't pray. I talk mm-hmm. to my higher power. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to let my higher power go out the room first and that's my strength of the day. And, you know, I used to resent that discipline of doing that in the mornings. And now I'm so excited to because yeah. I get to hand it over. And then I go to my office. Uh, normally I like to start the day at the office and mm-hmm. end the day at the office mm-hmm. and, you know. Well, appointments my, in between. Correct. And so really that's a consistency that I don't, I don't have the luxury of not doing it. Mm-hmm. I have to do it. You have to do it. One of the real tools I've learned that's helped me is to, if I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling overwhelmed, is to stop, just look at a tree and just watch the leaves mm. and watch, and it takes me to the presence. Mm. And if anybody ever does that or you, you, you want to do that, it's actually remarkable because what it does for me is it takes me out of the anxiety into the present and reminds me that right now, this second, everything is okay. Mm-hmm. And that's all I've got. And, and that single been- act pulls you back in to present. That's like your, that's- um, what's the word for that? It's like, um, not a, like a totem of sorts, you know, isn't it? Is yeah, that the right it word? It gave me the chills listening to you say that. I'm going to implement it. Starting tomorrow, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a little it's remarkable. It's, it's a self-induced stimuli or stimulus to create the response you're seeking to find that peace that you were talking about earlier. Absolutely, it's a great exercise. I love this. You know what's so nice about you coming on here? It really kind of drives home the point that I think about all the time that we all have flaws. Mm-hmm. Once you realize that, and then you realize that they just don't have to define us, mm-hmm. and then. Life changes. I'm so they, grateful. They, 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 um, they don't only define, they not, don't have to define us, but they certainly are tools for us to grow mm-hmm. uh, and to recognize. Um, and that's beauty. And, and, and I will end with this. The joys for me in life and what drives me every single day mm. is the ability to, it's almost like a sponge. Mm-hmm. My life was so bad and was so dark mm-hmm. that everything today is like, Absorbed and you almost have to go through that to appreciate life the way you do. It's inspirational, and I feel like we're both so grateful Mm -hmm. that you came on because if one person's life changes because of this, I mean, already I'm going to use some of the tips that you use, but that's so powerful, and it's so brave of you and honest to come forward and be this open, and I can't thank you enough, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I got to come in, man.
Um, thank you. Guys, thank you for tuning in to an incredibly motivational and inspirational episode of To Live and Buy in Los Angeles. I think that uh, all of our guests are going to have tough shoes to fill. I mean that so sincerely. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, so honestly, openly, um, and vulnerably, um, with us on our, on our little podcast here, um, Mark, where can people find you if they want to follow your feed of sorts? Where's the best place? Uh, th- uh, thank you, Ben. And thank you again. Thank you both. Um, on Instagram, it's rats18 or feel free, anybody. 18 um, to high. To high, exactly. That's, a, that's exactly. that's exactly right. Uh, ben, and through you guys, if, if there is anybody that is interested or wants or needs to hear a bit of hope in life, please reach out to me because I can tell you, without others, there is not a chance in hell mm-hmm. I would have had a chance to have the life that I do. Mm-hmm. And thank you both for the opportunity to be able to share my story with people. And my story is one of millions yeah, of people's sure. of stories. Yeah, so yeah. thank you. Thank you, you brother. Thank you. thank you. Guys, you can find Zach at, Give me some. Give me at, some. at, at, at Zach Goldsmith. I want the hand, but 24. Uh, of course, we all I'm, have flaws. <laughs> they do not define us. I'm at Ben Belak. Of course, we will see you next week.